0: Hi, and welcome to season two of Big Sound Small Town, the podcast that spotlights the talented and diverse musicians in small towns and communities. This season, we're branching out to include the community of people who make it possible for musicians to be able to perform their music the producers, the recording engineers, the venue owners, and many others. And as always, the small town musicians. Remember, small town doesn't mean small town. Hear their stories. Today on Big Sound Small Town, my guest is audio engineer, record producer, and musician, Aaron Meyer. Welcome to the show, Aaron. Thank you appreciate being here. Well, where are we at today?
1: Uh, we're in my, my private studio here in Shelby. Um, this is where I've been uh, doing the majority of my work for the last about 15 years here.
0: How did that start here?
1: Uh, well, what got me here was um, I, I had been working, uh, doing an internship at a, a major studio down in Atlanta, was living down there. Um my wife and I were in a long distance relationship and I ended up uh relocating here and um I just you know my next step for me was there wasn't a lot of studios for me to go work at here so I opened up like my none own shop. <laughs> yeah I opened up my own shop and you know kind of Went from there.
0: You want to talk about the early days of your own shop?
1: Oh, man, that's been a long time ago. That was probably 2005, something wow, like yeah. that. Um, you know, when I, when I first got here, um, didn't have a lot of money. I was, you know, in my early 20s. Right. And, um, um, You know, my wife and I were, were struggling to, to make ends meet. So, um, you know, which she was my girlfriend at the time. Uh, but um, so you know, worked uh several jobs Lowe's right. and a couple other places um around town and uh got enough money together eventually where I was able to to go down and, and buy a, just a off the shelf computer from best buy uh, little two-channel you know, a little two channel interface a road microphone and um kind of set up set up shop you know and and um you know it wasn't Wasn't anything to talk about at that point. I mean, I I bought some cheap foam, put up put up on the walls just to you know kind of help kill the the reflections and um, at least make it sound somewhat professional. So at that
0: point, how did people find out about you?
1: Um, Facebook a lot. Well, I didn't even know Facebook was a thing then. Uh, I was on MySpace. I think I was on Facebook a lot. Um, Craigslist. Yeah. Oh uh, yeah. Put ads out on Craigslist. Um, word-of-mouth people that i knew you know I'd, I'd work with somebody and then they'd tell their friend right. and they yeah. come by and you know at that point it was a lot of um, you know a lot of a lot of kind of small stuff you know uh, kind of hip-hop work tapes guys that were just recording right. vocals over you know uh, two tracks and things like that songwriter that was maybe recording guitar vocals right um, nothing
0: nothing big at all but uh, it just kind of spread from there. That's good, you know, though. By little. I mean, that's, that's really good considering where you're at now. Anyway, I mean, that's a, that's a... It's been a long road. Well, that's a self-made journey. <laughs> yeah, <laughs>
1: yeah it's, uh, there were probably easier ways to do it, but I'm here, so.
0: Well, now, when did that love, did, did you start with a love of recording music or just a love for music, period? Uh, love for music. Definitely. Um, I mean, you are a musician and I don't, I don't want anybody to overlook that fact. Yeah. I mean, I mean, yeah,
1: that's what got me started. Right. You know, I mean, really I credit my love for music to my grandmother. You know, um, she, she was the one that kind of put that in me and and pushed me even as a little kid to take piano lessons. Right. You know, she played church at, uh, played piano at her church for uh, 50 years. Never, wow! Never missed a Sunday. That's great. they got a plaque on the wall for them and everything. But um, yeah. But she was th- that music was big in her family. Um, and so she she really brought it to all the grandkids and you know her, oh, that's good. my mom
0: and uh, so my did, uncle. You, did you like take piano lessons?
1: Oh yeah, yeah. yeah early started um, probably first grade.
0: Yes, kind of. I think when, when I started doing it, yeah.
1: Yeah, and. You know, it, it was a chore.
0: You My grandmother she, was the same way. She was a piano <laughs> player, you know, so. Right,
1: you know, she would sit there and have to make me practice yeah. and all of that. And um, and then eventually, you know, in, into high school, um, around sixth grade, I picked up the trumpet, played in high school band. Right, yeah. Um, did that, you know, pretty much every year. Mom was for, trombone, but it's pretty yeah. much the same story, yeah. Right, yeah. Right. Um, and then uh, when I was 15 or 16, I was riding around with my uncle, who's only five or six years older than me. And um, up until that point, I'd been pretty sheltered musically. I'd only really ever listened to gospel, uh, some country. But we were riding around, and Metallica came on the road. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> was first time I'd ever heard of it. Oh, yeah. And um, within a year, I had a guitar and was learning every Metallica song ever ever released. So um, that was really the start of you know, my passion for right yeah, was, you know, jumping in on the guitar
0: really. So, you'd play like in bands and stuff,
1: uh, not so much anymore, but back then, I, I mean, did. back then, yeah, yeah, you, yeah. Would play, you
0: would play in bands back then, yeah.
1: Well, I mean, where I grew up, um, you know, I, I grew up in southeast Georgia, in yeah. town called Hinesville, it's oh, yeah, right there next to the Fort Stewart, yeah, and um, not a lot out there, of no. so music, <laughs> not a lot of bands, so. You know, the first probably four or five years of me playing guitar was all me yeah. in my bedroom right. playing along with the, the records, yeah. you know, which is probably part of where that um, that drive to be involved with recording came from, you know, because I would listen to the records, and that was more about trying to make myself fit into the record
0: oh, than yeah. it was
1: about playing a live right. show, right. you know. Um, and, I, you know, I would... I would um, put that stuff on and just jam out to it for hours and hours and try to learn every part on the record. Oh yeah. yeah. Um, and then eventually I relocated to Atlanta. Uh, My family moved up there and and once I was up there, of course there's,
0: that's a whole new world. It's a whole different world.
1: Bands everywhere, you know, so I started getting into some bands then and playing. It took me a while to kind of evolve because at that point, um, you know, all i have been playing was Metallica for right. four years, <laughs> oh, yeah. so everything I played sounded like Metallica. Yeah. Even when I wrote a new song, <laughs> it sounded like Metallica. like Metallica. Yeah. So... It's not uh, the
0: worst thing, though. Right. I mean...
1: <laughs> but it took a while to kind of break out of that and, and really kind of acclimate to, you know, getting my own sound and my own my own vibe. But, uh, but yeah, you know, from there, you know, I just kind of dove into recording local bands and... Um, it was really my, my uncle Louie that, uh, Louie Winsky that got me into
0: recording. Yeah. I mean, had, uh, tell me about how that happened.
1: Yeah. He, he, um, he'd had some hits. He was a, a singer songwriter. He had a couple of, you know, really minor hits back in the seventies, um, gospel and country. And he put out, you know, two or three, two or three albums. And, um, he had kind of hung that life up for a while when he got married. Um, And then when I was in my teens, he was in his probably mid-50s and decided to get back into songwriting. So he wanted to go out and and, um, buy some stuff to make a little home studio. Yeah,
0: so he could do his demos. Right. But
1: he was completely computer illiterate, didn't know anything about anything digital. So um, he asked me to come in and learn how to use all this stuff you know to help him and show him how to how to do this and of course I, I the only the only exposure to recording at that point that i had was a little task cam yeah. track oh, recorder yeah. you know that i was using to kind of put my own stuff together right. um, but that two years or so you know with with my uncle working on his stuff in his studio uh, you know that was really kind of where it, the foundation yeah that's where it really came plus to that
0: around. was probably a low pressure way to do it too very much yeah, yeah.
1: it's you know it, the people that were coming in weren't paying anything right. it was you know we were recording local church groups for free and you're know, just having fun well yeah, that's how you yeah. learn
0: i mean they, yeah. and you can make your mistakes there when it's not quite sure. as, as crucial as it <laughs> yeah.
1: is along and the way. and believe me there were, there were plenty of mistakes because <laughs> this was this was you know this was late 90s so this was before really um computers were a huge thing right. at least in the home studio right Pro Tools was still a ways oh, yeah. down the road, you know, from being. Well, I mean, that yeah. was the
0: real changer with computers in yeah. music. Is Pro yeah. Tools. I mean,
1: Pro Tools was in the studios, the big studios right. oh, yeah. by then, but there were no home studios running Pro right. Tools. So we had the little um, Roland. Uh, oh yeah, yeah. Yes, eighteen eighty digital recorder, eighteen track digital recorder. Where everything was this little tiny four inch screen, mm-hmm. and every you know all the editing was with knobs and buttons and. Um, there were more than once that I accidentally deleted people's oh, stuff yeah, because yeah. you
0: hit the wrong button. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And it's, well, yeah. Well, it's, well, it's, it's gone. Gone. Sorry. <laughs> Either redo it or yeah. live without it. Yeah, so trial by fire for sure. Yeah, well, I mean, that's, but then I guess when you're doing it that way, you're learning, I mean, that's an apprenticeship. Oh yeah, for sure. I mean, that's almost a, it's the same as an education, A a college yeah. education doing the same thing yeah
1: yeah and and it's one of those things that you know it's like a, a musical instrument you either you know you either have the passion for it or you don't and if you have the passion if you have that bug you're going to dive into it and wholeheartedly and spend all your time and True. energy focusing on it so you know it was it was and I'll always be enormously thankful to him for for bringing me in and, and letting me do that because that put me on a on the path
0: then when now. then when did you take it to say to a, the level above that uh, when
1: i moved to atlanta yeah um you know been playing around in, in bands and um you know recording
0: buddies and stuff right. like that and um so once just, you once you had that you knew that anybody you played with you I, we're in a band there and so man, you know we're gonna be able to get this stuff recorded. <laughs> right. Yeah.
1: Yeah, that was my that was what I brought to yeah, you know, Yeah, some guys had the PA yeah,
0: exactly some yeah. one guy yeah. had the band. Yeah, exactly. You yeah. Know,
1: I could record the demos. <laughs> <you> know, <laughs> and run the sound at the show.
0: But but know. that's a good thing. Yeah. I mean I um,
1: yeah. yeah. But um yeah, so I, I got to a point where I was like, Okay, I really want to do this recording thing, you know, it's for me, you know, I, I playing in a band, I've, I've always been in love with records. I've always, you know, I put records on and I love live performances, I love going to concerts, but there's something different. It's a different energy, it's a different feel. It's like when you when you make a great record, you've captured that forever. True. And you can put that on, a concert is here and gone. You know, True. it's it's off into the ether, you know. Well, but, it's
0: the Beatles, you know, the Beatles, yeah. once they realized they could not any longer perform live, yeah. they put all their energy yeah. in studio and without that i'm sure that if they had toured that would have never happened
1: yeah yeah or at least not to the level it did did, because they they literally spent their lives in in the (laughs) studio experimenting and man they did so much to advance recording they did yeah but um so, you know, when I once I decided that, once I decided that's the road I wanted to go down, I, I started putting in for internships at major studios. Oh, yeah. And it was tough because most of them required uh, a, a degree. Right. You either had to go to Full Sail or right, yeah. Berkeley or something like right. that. And, of course, I didn't have that. Right. I, every, all I had was a demo reel on CD and, you know, uh, a suit to interview in. Yeah. You know, yeah, <laughs> I didn't even mean, yeah. have a suit and a shirt on the top. So I, I interviewed at, at three or four different ones um and finally ended up at, at Silent Sound. So and, somebody you know, did finally give you yeah. a go. And you know, it was it was you know, it was pretty eye opening. It was the first time I'd ever been in a, a real studio. Right. A lot of people that have been to recording school, they worked in real, real studios, studios in, right. you know, so for me it was the holy grail. It was, you know, angels oh, singing and yeah. everything Man, doors open um, but I I spent about a year and a half there, um, the, learning from uh, Tom TK Kidd is the guy that that brought me on. He's okay. the chief engineer there. Uh, he's worked with everybody, uh, everybody TLC and I um, uh, just everybody. It's uh, anything that was going on in Atlanta in the mid
0: 80s. Did you did you cut cut most of your stuff with uh, hip hop and rap at that time, or was there other Yeah,
1: stuff? well for as far as recording yes yeah. most yeah. of the most of the artists that came through to record were hip-hop artists r and b you know once you got into uh, mixing that room was a was a phenomenal mix room extremely well known mm-hmm. around the city for being a great place to come like mix it. a record so they got all kinds of you know i remember when i was there you know elton john was there mix, mixing uh, oh yeah Easter when they run. would mix
0: it would be just all genres of music then, like yeah it.
1: yeah yeah so you have you'd have everybody in there yeah
0: so you got the mixing side of it as mm. as well as the recording part of absolutely. it.
1: absolutely but I, I tell you even more important than the technical side of it was just seeing how professional studios are run True. getting I mean, that perspective seeing how they deal with clients how mm-hmm. you know all of that stuff it's, it's it's yeah
0: there is more way way more to recording studios yeah. Get, okay yeah. before we dip into where we're at sure today give them an idea of actually an artist comes to you mm-hmm. what happens I'm bringing my band well I'll just I'll bring my band to you we got you know we want to record okay uh, what do you tell them?
1: Um, well, first thing I want to know is, is you know, kind of the scope of the project. Right. You know, are we talking about a single? Are we talking about an album? Um, are you What do you want to do with, right. the, with the recordings? You know, are you trying to get gigs? Is this just a demo? Or right. is this something you want to put out there as a record? Right. Because the budget involved with those two things is wildly different. True. You can do a demo in a day. You know, yeah, this is true. You do an album; it'll take you, it can take you a can take a year. Yeah, I can. <laughs> <You know>? yeah, <laughs> there's just I mean, you know, there's exponentially more work and detail involved in putting an album together. Um, so that you know, I, that's the first thing is to try to narrow down what, their goals what they're going. What are they're, I, yeah yeah, um, because a lot of people I think just just think of it under this blanket recording. I'm going into the studio to record. They do. But they don't necessarily have specific goals for what they're
0: trying Band, to do. Bands don't. I mean, yeah. we're, we're not even talking just listeners. have, sure. Bands come in, we want to record. Right. Okay. <laughs> We've
1: got some songs we want to record. Yeah. yeah.
0: yeah. How many? Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. And what do you want to do with them? Yeah. Yeah, exactly.
1: Yeah. And then, you know, that that pretty much sets the template for where we go. Now, is there. that
0: where you take over as a producer a lot of times or, or, or guide them? Well, do it, you need a producer? Or it?
1: It, it depends on the role they want me to play. That, right. That's the other thing. A demo, you don't necessarily need a producer. Right. You know, a demo is really more just capturing the songs as the band plays them. You might do a little bit here and there to, to, to tweak something, suggest something. Yeah, yeah. but it, it's not. There's not a whole lot of production work um, on a demo. Um, if they want to go the the, the record route, right. if I want to make something that that is going to stand up in the market that's a whole different ball game and, and I'll definitely tend to get more involved. How involved or in, in what areas depends wildly on the artist. You know, some guys come in or some people come in have phenomenal songs. You know, I don't have to touch the songs. I don't, right. I don't have to mess with the lyrics or the melodies or anything. The songs are ready to go. You know, we, we've got them in the bag. All we've got to do is work out the arrangements and, right. and go from there. Other people, they'll come in and, and they'll have the core of a good song, but maybe it's missing something. Maybe it's not completely right. there yet. Um, so I, you know, it can it can involve me sitting down and working with them to finish the song. Right. You know, um, it just do you really bring depends. them
0: players sometimes? This yeah. would this yeah. would sound good. Yeah. It sounds good like it is, sure. but but we can. I know someone who can put something sure. else on it. Yet. Yeah,
1: all the time. I mean, you know, if. Most of the time, most bands that I work with are pretty self sufficient. Yeah, usually they are. Um, You know, everything that they want on the record is in the band. We might bring in, you know, a pedal player. Yeah, Yeah. exactly. Some outside instrument for color or something. Right. Um, Working with songwriters is is very different because most of the time, a songwriter, you know, they play guitar and they sing. True. Occasionally, they'll, you know, they might play a third instrument or second or third instrument, something like that. But, you know, they're, they're probably not going to play drums and bass and, you know, all of these other instruments. That, Which are that people that
0: have to be considered in the budget too right. that people don't exactly. think about.
1: Exactly. And and that's one of the things that um, that we talk about is, is, is why budget is so important to talk about. And, and sometimes I get the sense that people are a little hesitant to talk about it because they, they feel like, if I know how much money they have to spend, I'm yeah. gonna to try to spend it yeah, all. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But in reality, it's just I need to know what's what's practical. I yeah. need to know what's within reach for you. Yeah. You know, and um, the, the only way that I can make that assessment is to know roughly well, we're how much you have to yeah. spend ballpark. Right. You know. So. Um, but yeah, once we've once we've figured out the budget and we know what the goals are, you know, then we start talking about bringing in players. And there's a lot of things that I do myself. Right. Know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, well,
0: that's part of it too. Yeah,
1: and, and that's one of the things, you know, especially in this this market, the more you can do as a producer, you know, the more cost effective. Cost effective. You can be, yeah. You know, um, so most of the projects that I work on, um, I end up doing the drums, the bass, you know, yeah. some guitar work. Right. Uh, a little bit of keys, you know, if, if it's anything, I'm, not, I'm certainly not a great pianist or a great keyboard player. Um, if it gets beyond mm-hmm. anything kind of basic, right. I'll bring somebody in. Right. Um, so, I, you know, and then there are times when, you know, my approach on an instrument might not be what, what it needs, you yeah. know, and, and it's it's up to me to, to know that and say, okay, well, I could do this, but I think this person would do you
0: a better did, job. Did that. You know, so I guess okay. you also have to keep a list of people that you oh, yeah. can call, which yeah, is which is, I guess there's a lot of politics involved in that too that people don't see.
1: Yeah, yeah, there can be. I mean, it's you know, for me, it's really about um, finding people that that can deliver in the studio because it's a very different environment. It is. It's, I mean, it's somebody else's money. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and and playing live is a whole different mentality from playing in the studio and putting something on a record. And playing your own music live is very different from having to then go and write something specifically for somebody else's song. True, this is true. Because that's not, it's not your song, you're adding to their vision. Yeah,
0: Yeah. and that's a whole different 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 mental approach. Now what kind of hours, when you're working on a project, I know people don't see this too, you're not like, Eight to
1: five. Right. 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 <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I mean, uh, you know, a lot of the, the the mixing, you know, I do is you know I'll be in here at two, three o'clock in the morning, you know, mixing because it's nice and quiet, yeah. and no no
0: interruptions, and I can I can stay a hundred percent focused. You know. I guess it's a lot of hours when you when you're on a project. Plan. Oh
1: yeah. I mean, it's for a full, um, fully produced song, you know, with the intention of you know. Putting it out on the radio or whatever, you're usually looking at about 20 hours mm-hmm. from beginning to end, including all of the recording, all the pre-production work, um, editing,
0: mixing, and then eventually mastering. Well, now do you do you do the mastering, or you send that off somewhere? It
1: depends. Okay. Um, my preference is to send it off yeah. um, because I like to get that 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 objective point of view it's i like the, it's to, the
0: yeah i mean then you get one one different yeah. take on what you've done
1: yeah. i can put it out there to somebody they can they can listen to it in a in a different room on different speakers with All a different right. set of ears and they're going to hear it a totally different
0: way and they might hear something that got by everybody you sure. know? so that's good well now your home studio is not where you're at these days is it
1: not primarily. I I, I move back and forth um, between here and the Sound Factory up in Lincolnton. Okay. Which is um, it's a three room studio up above Guitar Wishes right there in downtown Lincolnton.
0: Yeah. Do you get? I guess you get a different clientele than you get at your home studio. Um. No, it's a, you know it's I still deal with pretty much the same types
1: of types oh, of good. projects. Yeah. um... I I definitely deal with more bands, more large bands up yeah. there, um, you know. But even when I was primarily working here, you know, I would work with bands, and we would go somewhere else and track drums, right. get yeah. the drums down, and then we would bring everything back here to my place, and we would do all the overdubs. Um, up there, I can knock all of that out in one room. Oh yes, yeah, you know that that definitely helps. But um, our drums, the hardest thing. They can be. Yeah, there, Just because there's, there's so many moving parts, yeah. and you're dealing with, you know, you're you're dealing with physics. You know, when you've got that many microphones in that close of a space, you're, you've got all kinds of potential problems where things can go wrong. Um, and even the instrument itself, the way you mic it, your your goal isn't to mic, you know, eight different drum pieces and and have eight different True. sounds yeah. it's your goal is to make eight different drum pieces but make it sound like one I mean, one instrument. set of drums yeah and that's that that can be tricky for some people that sure yeah. it sure can it takes some practice
0: okay this is a subject that i'm asked a lot and i know that you're asked a lot how about fixing mistakes and auto-tuning and all? It, what part does that play these days? Um. I, ideally... What, first, okay. I come in and I stink as a singer. Can mm-hmm. you make me sound like... Um, okay, I stink, so can you make me at least sound like Bruce Springsteen? No. Oh, golly gee.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Sorry to break your heart, but unfortunately, no. Dang. No. Um, now i you know technology the way i look at it you know it's all tools you know we've, we've been given all of these tools that, that can help us do things um but the less of it i have to do the better the project is that's just how it, it's it's always been that way if i'm having to fix a lot of things um there generally tends to be a ceiling on the project and it's only ever going to be so good you know um Oh, but you should be good at, it, didn't you do? You did a lot of hip hop. I know. It's but a joke. It's yeah. a joke. I didn't. But in hip hop, in hip hop, used as an effect. It is. It anything.
0: is. Well, I'm, I'm glad you said that. Yeah,
1: one. yeah, and, it, and, and, and it's definitely an overplayed effect at this point.
0: But true. But.
1: Yeah, it's, um, you know, it, it was used creatively to add something. Using it to fix and correct things, I'm not against it at all. For me, I'm a results guy. It, uh, it's whatever gets us to the the finish
0: line. If I come in and sing flat, mm-hmm. rather than do it uh, two more times till I get it right, or we do we correct it? Or
1: if it's if I'm making if I'm calling the shots, we're we're doing it to get it as close as we can to being good and right. Right. Um, It doesn't mean perfect because for me as a producer, when I'm sitting back getting a vocal take from somebody and, and recording it, I'm looking for emotion. Yeah, I'm looking for feeling. And if you're making me feel the song, but you're a little flat on a a note, I'm not going to throw away all of that emotion that we just captured because that's, that's the gold. Yeah, That's what we're that after. That
0: is, I agree. You know,
1: and, and and if it's a decision between, oh, let me tweak this note and, and fix the tuning on it, or let's scrap this and do another take that might not be anywhere near as good, um, you know, I'm always gonna opt
0: to keep the take and fix it. That's why I'm coming to you. Mm-hmm. You know, is, is for that right there. I mean that yeah. that would be the reason I would come to you sure. as opposed to someone, yeah we can fix it. Yeah, don't yeah. worry, don't worry, I got it. You yeah. know? Yeah. I mean that is a difference.
1: Yeah, I, I think so, and, 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 you know, for me, it's I, I don't have heroes in, in the music business, really. I mean, I've been around it long enough. Me to, too, I'm
0: the same way. Yeah.
1: You know, it's like there are people, that people I, yeah. you look up to and, and, and respect, but I am really They're talented, have but they're just yeah. people. Yeah, yeah. It, but if I had a
0: hero in the business, it would be Dave Cobb. Well, I was going there with yeah. that. Man. Speaking of mistakes, <laughs> you've seen in the Jason Isbell stuff mm-hmm. where he'll sing the wrong word, yeah. but they won't fix it. They won't fix it. They keep it. Man. Right.
1: Right. Because yeah. it
0: adds to the record, it and that's does. the
1: way records used to be made. You know, it's like when I listen to, um, um, oh god, who is it? Uh, you Are So Beautiful, uh, oh, Joe Cocker. Joe Cocker, yeah. With that little, oh, that vocal yeah. squeak at the end, you know, as a singer, that's driving him nuts. You know, you know, that's like oh, we got to fix that, but the producer's like,
0: no, no, that's that's it. Yeah, you just sold the song. You know, that's the that's the. Um, Uh, well we'll go the intangible yeah Yeah, we'll go to Bob Dylan with um, uh, like a rolling stone Uh, the organ part was not even supposed to be in there right and Bob says hey turn up you know turn that part up and they said no no that guy's not even Al Cooper actually yeah. he's not even a keyboard player right but then it became the part of it yeah, yeah the big part of the Man. song
1: yeah I mean you know it, it, listening back to you know, bringing up Dylan I was listening to I can't remember which song it was the other day but there's a you can hear him start to go to the wrong chord or go to the chord too early right and he kind of catches up and it's one of his most famous songs it might have been Rolling Stone um, but you hear him catch up but you're not going to throw away that take. You know, it wasn't bad enough that you go, oh God, you yeah. know, oh, yeah. if it, for me, the, the test is, does it break me out of the moment? Right. You know, if it pulls me out of the song, it's like watching a movie, you know, when you're watching the movie, you have to be in the movie. True. If you're noticing all these little details and the CGI is really bad and you're kind of separated... You it loses it True. you know that magic the spell is broken. there's no different with songs you know when you're when you when you're listening to a song can you get lost in the story? Right. You know that's as a producer that's what I'm looking for in the studio when I'm listening back. I'm looking to get lost in it and I'm looking for anything that's pulling me out of it. Right. And then I'm going to correct that. I'm going if we if it's pulling me out we need to redo it we right. need to fix it whatever. That's great. Um, but if it if it adds if it if it makes it more real more human. Leave it in, man.
0: Well, that's probably yeah. the, the the records of the world. Yeah, that's that's the story of the great ones, really. Yeah, and, and you know all of the great stuff. I mean, you, know, you
1: go back to you know I'm a huge fan of the the um, Motown stuff. Yeah, oh yeah. You know? And man, there was some there was some not great I agree stuff in those mm-hmm. records. If you listen, I mean, there's problems everywhere. You right. know, the background singers were out of key, or um, you know the 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 bass was a little flatter. Tambourine tambourine
0: was just a sconch out. Right. Because it was on everything. But every once in a while you think, that's not the right beat. Yeah. But but then if you just listen to the song, it's like, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Yeah. It doesn't matter. And,
1: you know, because of where it's from, we know and accept and kind of subconsciously accept that those flaws are in there. And we just overlook them because we enjoy the music so much.
0: It's also probably pretty hard to do a flawless record. I would. It think. really
1: is. Yeah, and, and flawless records are boring. Like oh, they probably are. They're yeah.
0: stiff and and you're, they have no personality. Well, that's reading as opposed to playing. I guess. Right. Same thing. Same. Right. Same
1: idea. And and I feel like when you listen to to some records now, you know that's that's what you get. Is it's it's there's it, some cold it, records. It looks and sounds like it should be good, but it's just not. You know, no, yeah. it's it's missing
0: that that realism that this humanity. This the best part of the story, right there. The whole, <laughs> I mean, I mean, people people don't realize this. Musicians sometimes don't realize this. Oh man, I'm, you know, I messed up just a little bit there. Yeah. You know. Yeah. It's like it's I'm fine. glad to hear you say it from that side, as opposed to. Yeah. You know, I have theories that I'm not too much of a perfectionist person either. But yeah. There again. I have quirky taste, so yeah, you know.
1: well, I, I think it's you know it's about fighting that that mentality that just because we have a tool doesn't mean we have to always use it right. You know, it's like, what was the quote from um, Jurassic Park? Uh, the the, uh, the curly-headed guy. Oh, uh, oh. he says, um, he says, uh, you were so preoccupied with whether or not you could.' You didn't stop to ask whether you should. Oh yeah, you know yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly. And then it's that's, for me, it's exactly the yeah. same in music. It's like, okay, we can do this, but what is it? Should we do this? Does it
0: make the record better?
1: You know. And
0: I think that's the bottom line. Yeah. I mean, in a real world, it would be perfect and, and still have heart and soul. But then that's yeah. not very rarely exists. You're right.
1: Yeah. Yeah, because I think I think humans are by their very natures imperfect so perfection is
0: imperfection to us. You know? Yeah that's probably true. That's yeah. it's, it's those
1: quirks, at. it's that
0: character that it adds that that's what we latch on to. Do you find, do you, I mean, you have bad, bad acts come to you? Yeah. Uh, I won't say
1: bad acts. Um, I think you know there are inexperienced people you know that, that I deal with a lot that need a little more help a little more nurturing um, it, it, it may take a little more effort to get
0: something I mean do you ever do you ever do it and think there's no way in the world I can make this work at all
1: <laughs> no it's not in my vocabulary that's great I mean you know, I mean that's a wonderful thing it's really nice and it probably comes from you know starting with almost nothing working with people who had very little to lose had no experience in the studio none of us had any experience right and we were bound and determined to make something out of nothing that's great i kind of carried that mentality that you know no matter what walks through the door you know because i you know working in a commercial setting i deal with all kinds of different projects. I'm sure, yeah. Everything I'm sure. from, you know, hip-hop to bluegrass to rock to metal to, you know, right. Christian music. I mean, all of it, the, the, the gamut. So I've got to be ready whatever walks through that door, I've got to be able to switch
0: gears. To get, and to get and the best out of that project to, that, that you that can That project because
1: you know, what you're looking for in, you know, a contemporary Christian project is completely different
0: from what you're looking for in a bluegrass project. Or, or even a contemporary Christian and a southern gospel. Very much, I yes. mean, they're both, they're both, yeah. Christian acts, but there's yeah. two different worlds. Two totally Musical different worlds. different, Absolutely. Two,
1: different, two different, different skill sets, two different yes, ways of
0: approaching yeah. it.
1: Absolutely. And, um, you know, so once once you've spent enough time bouncing around from, from project to project in different genres with people at different talent levels, um, you kind of get over that it's bad mentality right. and it's just okay this is what we have today right what are we going to do with it what this is where we are how far
0: can we go you know how, that's, what's that's the good best though. we can do with it yeah. I mean, that's a that's a really open-minded approach to things that's the only way to make it i mean in the
1: studio if, if you've got if you're closed off and opinionated and this is how it has to be yeah and, you're judgmental on everything. What, what? It's
0: not your way or the right. highway. Yeah, it's. I mean, <laughs> yeah. I come to you and it's not. Right. This is what you're going to do. Yeah, I mean.
1: Yeah, and, you know, and, and it, it, you have to have that flexibility because everybody's different. You know, everybody's music is unique. Yeah. Songwriters get their feelings hurt if you
0: even change a D or not. <laughs> right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Tomato to tomato. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah,
1: and and you know, so you have to. You have to be able to judge people's personalities and get a feel for them and then try to figure out the best way to
0: communicate with you're making this sound like a really hard job everybody (laughs) thinks i mean i can sit back there and push a button here (laughs) and there
1: you know it's not (laughs) it's not an easy job it's 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 something that takes a lot of practice a lot of failure yeah well i mean that's that's how you do get better i mean i mean it is yeah there's a lot of failure a lot of a lot of you know, oh, I should have handled this differently, you know, next time, you'll you'll know. Is it hard to
0: keep up with the technology?
1: Uh, I mean, once you're in it, not so much. Yeah. Because once, once you're in it, you know, and, and you, you've, you've been in it a while and you understand the technology as, as a whole, um, there are things that will pop up that, that are new and interesting. Oh, this is really cool. do right. Now. But they all generally kind of fall into certain categories, you know. Okay. Um, there's not a whole lot that's like
0: totally, totally. groundbreaking, right. change okay, everything. Yeah. Well, the next thing, how do you decide what mic you're going to use on a vocal? What determines that for you? The singer, the singer. Yeah, for me, it's always about uh,
1: that. That's the number one consideration. Number two would be context. You know, right. what's what's the musical context? Right. And well, what's that
0: going to sit up on? Right. Yeah. You know, exactly.
1: if, if it's a if it's a uh, something that's a little warmer sounding and more traditional you know i might go with a ribbon mic right. or a dynamic mic or you know a vintage sounding condenser you know um if it's something that's like super modern like you know edm right, or, yeah. or something like that i'm going to go with something bright and, bright, edgy yeah, and aggressive yeah, yeah. you know but i'm also going to it with the, the vocalist
0: you know they, they bring you something or something for you to hear before you do it i mean they don't just come in your acts come that's in. my preference for yeah. sure I mean, um, you don't like you don't like for, okay i'm coming in here today I'm gonna, i want you to record four songs of mine and here yeah. we go
1: you'd be surprised how many people come in that way really yeah I, I ask people all the time for you know there's there's two things i ask for uh, demos of the songs right. if we're if we're working on yeah. it, if they've got even if it's just them on right. the acoustic yeah. guitar in their living room yeah, at least you have an
0: idea of what's going on right
1: it's, that way I'm I'm not coming in totally blind that's see and, and that's the I think that's kind of the disconnect is to the artist they've lived these songs true. they know the songs they don't realize I have no idea what the, what's about to come right. out of their mouth right. you know so I try to get them to send me uh, something. Right. Um, the other thing that I, that I like to ask for up front is um, I want to know what record you like. Oh, okay. You know? I want to know what kind of music you're into. I want to know if there are any particular records that you're into, artists that you're into. Um, because that gives us common ground. That right. gives us a, a way to understand each other. There's so much music out there. And personal taste is so varied
0: it is. that
1: you know I can I can be dealing in the morning with with somebody that, that you know sees music that hates Bob Dylan right you know right. and then dealing in the evening with somebody that wants to sound exactly like Bob yeah. Dylan and it's totally different mentalities. So by having that that conversation, uh, you know, there's a an old saying that um, you know talking about music is like dancing about architecture. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. It, it's like it, it, talking about music well, is
0: kind of pointless. It's I need to hear what you're in. Well, and that's like, well, as far as that goes, we're back to why music should never be a competition or, right. or, you know, it's it's what it is. And in your case, you're wanting to take it to where the person who is making this music wants it to go. Right. 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 I'm, and
1: sometimes they don't even know where they want
0: it to go. Well, be. now, so I mean, that's where your job as a producer totally comes in. Right.
1: And that's where those initial conversations about what kind of music do you like help me to know right. if I end up in this ballpark, we're going to be okay. okay. Right. You're going to be happy. Right. If we end up in a completely different ballpark, then I didn't do
0: my job to understand your needs going into it. Yes. You're convincing me to record with you and I haven't even got anything to record these days. Kind of wishing I hadn't spent all my time over the you from some other places. I didn't know I had a choice. I didn't know I could ask for a sound. No, that's great though. I mean, I'm joking and making light at that. Part of it is not really a joke, but um, that's why you do need to think about where you're going to record and who you're going to record with actually go see the what would you give advice to a band looking for somebody you know to record them
1: Uh, you know shop around talk to different people don't let money be the determining factor there's always somebody out there that'll do it for cheaper true it's not about cheap it's about getting the result that you want if all you are looking for is a demo you know and you're not really worried about the quality Okay, then maybe price is your, your 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 best right. bet. If you're looking to if you're looking to make an artistic statement, if you're looking to to put something on tape that that represents you and your music in the way that you want it to be represented, you need to find somebody
0: that gets that vision. Yeah, you know, yeah, and that can help you to get to that point. Because I think bands just wind up a lot of times, young bands. Going to the first person or the cheapest person whichever right. comes first right <laughs> I and mean, a lot of yeah. times they'll pay too much because it's the only sure person they i mean it's their only option yeah that you, they know of anyway
1: yeah and, and you you know you'll never hear me say anything bad about you know big a-list studios they, they charge a ton of money they do. but they're worth it they, I if them. you go into it and know what you're doing true if you don't they will they they can suck
0: your wallet dry oh yeah. in, in the blink of an eye i mean they, you know there's mills in nashville that will do your demos for yeah yeah a couple yeah. hundred bucks, yeah, and, couple hundred bucks. Yeah. and that's what you got Sounds like everything else already. it does it does <laughs> i mean which yeah. if that's what you're like and, and and like you said if a demo is what you're looking that'll serve its purpose sure you know but well, it's um uh, that's another thing too i've learned over the years no matter how bad your music is mm-hmm. there's somebody somewhere that thinks that's the greatest thing in the world <laughs> yeah yeah I, I, you know we, we touched
1: a little bit on this before we started rolling but um yeah I mean that, that's the market that we're in you know is is I think you know independent artists as soon as they try to compete in the yeah. music industry on on major label terms they lo- they lose they do because they don't have the money, they don't have the backing, they don't have the exposure. Um, you know, it takes a ton of all of those things to get your music out there to enough people sure it does. To, to have a, a hit, a And the
0: spin doctors are gone. I mean, yeah. there's no radio stations right. to, to, I'll pay this guy to take my record and beg him to play it. Right.
1: So we've entered into a, a, an era where, you know, independent artists can be very successful, but it comes down to identifying your niche. Finding your audience. Your audience might be in Denmark. You True. know, I mean, it's you know, if you're in Shelby, North Carolina, and you play polka, you're probably not probably gonna f- not going to have a big following. <laughs> not around here. Not- but if you can find a, a pocket of people up in Pennsylvania, sure. Uh-huh. You know. Uh, Cincinnati, Ohio, and a lot right. of German. Sure, you know, sure, you know, yeah, yeah. You know, I mean, it, and you can communicate with those people online. You can market yourself to them. Make a trip up there a couple times a year, play shows. You know, that's
0: your following. We're, we live in an era where that's possible. But now. you understand too that musicians usually are musicians, and, yeah. and once that happens, I got this. I record this great project. What do I do with it? You know, they're, right? They're, and, and I'm including myself, yeah. but most musicians. You know, uh, what they have talent to, to play or write sure. sometimes escapes them with the, with the rest of, the it. Yeah, of it. The business side. Yeah, the
1: business side. Yeah, and, you know, in economics, there's, there's what we call the, the theory of the firm. And the theory of the firm talks about just, you know, the advantages of being able to keep everything in-house. It's, it's you know, more efficient and whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you're in a band... That makes sense because you've usually got four or five people in there, and they're all going to have different strengths and weaknesses. True. So if you're in a band, find ways to leverage that. You know, figure out who's good at what, mm-hmm. and let them deal with it. You know, yeah. I think a lot of times what I see in bands is you got one guy that does everything. Yeah, you do, and you know that's almost by choice. You know that they, they well. That's true.
0: It's yeah. easier, right? Yeah, I mean, I mean, it just keeps right. the pace. One exactly. You, You know, you got to have a boss. Right.
1: But to be, I think, to be successful in in today's industry, you're going to have to to let each of those other people do what they do do best. And then wherever you come up short, that's where you go to outside help. You know, that's where you look for other people. To, to come in and help you as uh, as you know contractors
0: or, or whatever. whatever well and, um, and I think a lot of bands miss that yeah i don't it depends on what you want to do yeah i mean it, it, in the degree of success, but just as a band itself and the members a lot of times they they need some outside help
1: definitely and, and I think the bottom line is you know people are only going to take your music as seriously as you do
0: well this is true you
1: know and, and if if you're not willing to if you don't believe enough in your music to invest in a good record right. to invest in you know promotion and you know a, a
0: booking Networking. and all of this yeah. other stuff
1: mm-hmm. um, it's not going to go
0: anywhere it's yeah. you know it, it's going to sit there and do nothing. And a large portion of that is a bit easier these days with all the networking you can do. Sure. The, I mean, I mean there's a lot of things you can do to promote yourself. And there's so much education out there too. There's books
1: and YouTube True. videos and there's online classes that you can take that will educate you
0: on all these things. But you have to be willing to put in yeah, the time and the effort. There you, know. you do. And and a lot of times um, that escapes people for whatever yeah. reason. But, okay. but then that's the success then that, sure. that you earn the success that, yeah, you deserve. I yeah. mean, you get what you put in. Yeah, you do. You do. Well, this has been great. You need to have actually a seminar for um, bands. I mean, you could. <laughs> I mean, from that part along, sure. you know. Sure. I mean,
1: yeah, I mean, I, I do speak usually every year up at the uh, Don Gibson yeah. Songwriter Symposium. Um, That's it, usually songwriters up there. But True. I usually do. You know, the last three years, I've done like an hour long. Workshop. Um, and then um, off and on, I teach at Gardner Webb, you know, music production, everything. Right. I go through all this stuff. But, but yeah, I mean, I'd love to. Mm-hmm. I, for me, it's, you know, the more people that know about this, um, the more people that that have the, their stuff together and understand the process, and the, the easier it is for me as a producer to
0: work. True. I, I'm sure that is. And,
1: and ultimately, the the better we're gonna work together and the better the end results are gonna be.
0: All right, we're back with Aaron Meyer and he's gonna tell you how to get in touch if you need his services or would like his services and I would recommend them.
1: (laughs) Uh, I mean, you know, all over Facebook and Instagram, you can find me, um, Aaron Jason Meyer on Facebook. Um, Sound Factory Studios on Facebook and Instagram. Um, you know, just reach out there and, and happy to
0: to talk with you and see how we can help. Well, we're going to w- one other thing now. I've always heard that you're totally booked. <laughs> <laughs> Stay pretty booked, yeah. Yeah. So so if you're thinking of a project, then uh, you need to plan ahead, right? And that's just generally good advice. I mean, you true, know, true. It's, but-
1: you know. The idea that you're going to go into a studio, the, the, the worst situations that I get put in are when people make all these plans themselves but don't involve me right. until the last minute. Right. Then they expect them to come into the studio the following week and we knock out their album and then they're they're done in a month. No, we we need to be planning this a, right. a month in advance. And
0: I guess you need to know how to block studio time mm-hmm. so you can Absolutely. do a project or in, sure. And possibly you got other projects you sure. can or cannot work around.
1: Sure, and and that's the reality of, of, of you know kind of the the in, the business today and and budgets is, you know, 30 years ago a band could go in and lock out a studio for six months. True. They'd live there forever. True. You know, um, and you, the, the studio was making money. They didn't have to worry about right. balancing other pro, other acts, other projects. That was that room was this band's for rocks right. amount of weeks mm-hmm. or months or whatever. Now you know. Bands are booking by the hour, and it's a half day here,
0: a full day there. Sure. Um, you know, and it might can be you piece together something that way? I mean, oh yeah, that, I mean, sure. can Get a it good can, project. Yeah, that it way.
1: can absolutely. It'll take a. It'll take a while. Right,
0: but I mean, say yeah. say you're limited. You're on a limited budget. You're living for absolutely four jobs to. I can pay for studio yeah. time to.
1: Yeah, I mean, I can tell you the average on a full album. Uh, as far as time, when you're dealing with a band and everybody's schedules and budgetary constraints, it's nothing to spend a year on it.
0: Yeah, well, I mean, you know, yeah, I realize that, but
1: you know, and, and that's so, counting,
0: right? The and m- that's doing, the you know,
1: anywhere from one to three sessions a week, right? You know, over months and months and months, you know. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I mean, it, it can definitely be done. It's most of the projects that I've worked on here have been done that way because right. not These many people time. have all that that's money. That's true. They just don't slap just slap down and front. I
0: agree. Yeah. I agree. This has been very interesting, very eye-opening for, I'm sure, a lot of people. You're the only real record producer that uh, uh, that I've had on here, Uh, and I I think people miss that part. There's audio engineers, there's a lot of things, but it's, uh, it's really a big hat you wear. A lot of different hats. A lot of that's, different hats, That's yeah. the
1: big thing, yeah. It's, and that's something you'll hear commonly said about producers because you have to be able to to move from, you know, uh, psychologist to audio engineer to best friend to, you know.
0: <laughs> Babysitter. You know, yeah. I mean, yeah. There's so many things oh, that man. you
1: have to jump between. But um, it's an art for sure.
0: Yeah, that's good. Well, I do appreciate you taking the time to do this. I appreciate you having me. All right, Thank you.